0: okay so I, I don't know if it sounds any different right now but i'm gonna keep talking so that you can tell me if it does
1: it does actually and it's better so let's go with that okay okay god i don't okay anytime you're like a, I move you're my like mouse, a
0: teen girl you're like a teen girl with those hearts <laughs>
1: no it's like i hover my mouse over it and then the menu won't go away unless i click on it and so i'm like okay but like because i'm like trying to retract it but it doesn't retract so i'm like it makes me put the hearts on. <laughs> okay. All right. So this past few days, God, it has just been like news on speed, hasn't it? Yes,
0: it has. <laughs> yes, it has.
1: And still no sign of slowing down at all. Um, I mean Kevin McCarthy he's, he...
0: <laughs> sorry, I wish I wish the listeners could see your face right now because you're smiling (laughs) before you even get to the nugget
1: i know yeah no it's like there's nobody who deserves what happened to him more
0: And there's also no one who could not have seen this coming. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, not sure how he thought this was all going to turn out, but the spoiler alerts were there.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, from <laughs> from the Even before he got it. Even before yeah. he got the job. And that really is the, the thing. All these people who take the Republican speaker job, the same thing happens to them every time. <laughs> and they never do anything differently either. Like, they, they all do the same thing. They think that they can pander to their fascist right and somehow manage them. But it's like, there is a a phrase, you can't stage manage a, a grizzly bear or or ride the tiger or whatever animal metaphor insert here you want to put in. It just keeps happening to them. And, and like, that is the story of the Republican Party of the past 50 years that... The people who might have some scintilla of reasonableness, they just keep knuckling under to the crazies and think that they can control them in some way. And like, that's the whole point of being crazy is that you're not controllable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, although I would say probably of the last 15 years, we've seen all new levels of craziness, right? Like. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, they keep finding more to to those elements. Yeah, it keeps racking up. Like to, the, it's always unprecedented because it just gets cookier.
1: Yeah, well, and and McCarthy is the first speaker in the history of the House of Representatives.
0: Yes, yes, it's quite to be quite an,
1: voted out. Yeah,
0: quite an honor.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And he
0: be a honor.
1: Yeah, and I I ran the numbers. So depending on how you. Calculate a Scaramucci whether it's 11 days or 10 days. It looks like Kevin McCarthy served for 24.5 scaremucci's as Speaker of the House.
0: <laughs> I did also see him compared to the Liz Truss lettuce.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, huh. that was a yeah. good one too. Yeah, yeah, and and like, and it, and nothing has been resolved at all by getting rid of him. Like that's, that's so Republican.
0: Well, I love I love that there's actually Republicans promoting the idea that Donald Trump should be the next speaker.
1: Oh yeah. And they don't believe that for one second. No, but they'd
0: that. love I mean, the dick riding is just just never going <laughs> you would think that there'd be chafing for them, but no.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, like in the But that's a bunch thing of like pick
0: it. me, is such a bunch of pick me is pathetic.
1: Yeah, well, see, I, I think that they're trying to leverage him when they do that. That's why they're doing it. It's not that they know that it would. Se- it's not serious in any way, shape, or form.
0: No, uh, but it does. It, signal- it does it. help it's them signal- stay on his good side.
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's it yeah, yeah, favor with him. It and the base. To, yeah, I yeah. mean, there. It's 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 theater it's grandstanding it's nonsense but you know it's it's, it's dick riding to an end a self a sort of self-interested political career end that just it's just it really is pathetic to watch
1: it is and like they're but it, it showed that basically the the purpose of republican being a republican politician is to try to get a Newsmax or Fox News hosting game.
0: Like, <laughs> right, yeah.
1: It isn't to actually make change in government or to force, like, because basically they've all been given up using Congress to pass laws. Right. Um, and have basically said, well, look, we took over the judiciary, so we'll just shove everything through the courts and, and we'll do it that way. And then we can put on a show for the fans in Congress. And on and social media, and that will be good. And and like, and they never get called on it by the mainstream media, ever. Like they really don't. I mean, this is not a political party. This is a yeah. entertainment, a very strange and dangerous entertainment uh, company. That's what we have here, right? With a little corollary of a, a law firm for Donald Trump, in their congressional investigations. Like it's a total disgrace, and yet. The the national press has they yeah. they feel compelled to cover it as if it's
0: serious, yeah. yeah, and to give it legitimacy by covering it as if it's not a huge farce that they're all in on, like a joke that they are well aware of, and I think it does such a massive disservice. I mean, it's they actively, I mean, it aids and abets in the further destruction of democracy. I really believe that.
1: Yeah, and, and another instance of that that I thought was really disgraceful was that this whole idea of, oh, well, Democrats should have saved Kevin McCarthy. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, that was I a mean, good one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just so stupid. Like, he literally offered them nothing. Uh, yeah. And so, and, and then betrayed them multiple times. So mm-hmm. it's like, why the hell would they have saved him? What would it have accomplished for them?
0: And then as a parting shot on, the, on his way out the door, accused Democrats of playing fast and loose with January 6th. I mean, if you ever had a moment where you thought you felt an inkling of pity for Kevin McCarthy, like, don't. It was a reminder that you should not.
1: That's right. There are no good ones, as somebody told me. I was
0: just going to say that.
1: Oh, okay, I stole your line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's true. And like, but but but, and that's the thing. Like, if if you as a reporter are not telling the truth about politics, with like you are, you're not just complicit in it. Like, you're part of it. Yeah, you're part of the plan if you are not telling the truth about it. And it's it's not. I think people don't. I think journalists don't like lefty commentators like us to say that to them. I get that feeling.
0: (laughs) I think that, aside from the fact that a lot of journalists are well aware that they, and I'm talking about sort of bigger mainstream media figures, are well aware that they get accused roundly by right-wingers of being these coastal liberals, and they're aware of that and sort of insecure about that. And also they think in in terms of maintaining some kind of neutrality that they have to cover these things as if they aren't farcical displays. And yeah, but if we had newsrooms that look different, I'm, I'm certain that it would be covered differently. If it came at, I think if there were real consequences for treating this as reality and not as, or, or for treating this, for not recognizing this as a the theater that it is, I think if people in newsrooms generally maybe felt like there were greater consequences for them at the end by playing along they wouldn't do this or if they understood that neutrality is not sitting on the sidelines and not telling the truth like that's Mm -hmm. that's you know that's not the same as being neutral and i i just think it's it's all it's also a consequence of who our media is overwhelmingly
1: yeah yeah I, i generally agree with that um Although, you know, I think there are some exceptions like Kristen Welker of NBC, who, she's a black woman, but she behaves pretty much just the same as her predecessors who were white. But you know, like, but there are some differences. But then she like, would I be think,
0: notable, she would be notable for being exceptional, right? And I don't well, think that makes was,
1: some sense. But I was gonna say, like, there is, like somebody who does strike me as having a better grasp of how to cover and talk about this stuff is Abby Phillip at CNN. Yeah who I think does a very, a much better job than a lot of their other people at just saying, look, we're not, we don't have to pretend that this is normal. Um, yeah,
0: they hate her on the right, too. Yeah, I, I because, mean, I seen again, that her coverage of, like, particularly, I remember she was getting a lot of hate and subtweeting during, right after the affirmative action ruling because of the way she conducted some of the interviews. I mean, they mm-hmm. really, and, and this was her, I mean, It wasn't as if, like, if I considered her on her best behavior, she maintained total decorum and all that. But it just, Mm -hmm. she didn't give them the kind of bullshit deference that I think they, unearned deference that they are used to.
1: Yeah, that they feel entitled to, not just used to. But yeah, so, but I guess speaking of of entitled people.
0: (laughs) uh... Moving right along.
1: Uh, there is e- Elon Musk. So we, specifically, we learned this week from uh, NBC's Ben Collins, who had a really uh, interesting report this week that you flagged
0: for me. Mm-hmm. So he, I'm just going to read the opening paragraph because it just sets up the whole thing. On the day the public records revealed that Elon Musk had become Twitter's biggest shareholder, an unknown sender texted the billionaire and recommended an article apl- imploring him to acquire the social network Outright, and then the article goes on to describe what this piece that Elon Musk was sent said. It's, they don't know who sent it. It's they the the text themselves were revealed when Musk kind of balked at the the purchase that he had already instigated. But the article itself was basically a guide how a guide to taking down Twitter, and. I mean, it sounds, I think, on its face like some kind of far-flung expir- conspiracy, and the funny thing is, I think that there are other people who have said, like, maybe this is his goal. Maybe he's trying to destroy Twitter, maybe. But when I kind of thought, why would someone sink $44 billion into doing that? And yet, the more you read it, and it's it is a sort of thoroughly researched thing, I mean, they're just comparing it to, as much as they can, the actions that he's actually taken versus the steps that are outlined for him in this piece. And... He seems to be adhering pretty closely to what the article advised him to do, from welcoming all these crazy right wing and neo-Nazi users back onto the platform and then you know blaming the users for the kind of toxic output that they put into the world. And then when get when he gets pushback from groups that are saying, look, there's all kinds of hate speech and horrific stuff happening on your platform. Blaming the Anti Defamation League, which was specifically named in the article. So, yeah, I just it feels. Look, everyone. I think at this point, Elon Musk is. Depending on who you are, you either think he is your uh, some minor deity, right? Like your <laughs> lord and savior, or you view him as basically like a a, a marble. Uh, fuck, what are Super they? Super villain yes thank you a marvel super mm-hmm.
1: villain i was actually kind of shocked that ben didn't put this in his article that you know uh, even before that article was published on this white nationalist website you know musk was getting texts from his ex-wife mm-hmm. um, to lula I do i even to lula to riley telling him maybe you should buy twitter and take it off the internet Because the Babylon Bee got suspended for misgendering somebody. And like, because I mean, it absolutely is the case that people on the far right, they had felt like that in 2016, they were completely empowered to do anything that they wanted on the Internet. And they did. Like they were constantly harassing people, Jewish people, especially like that was their number one favorite thing to do. And, and with no repercussions and making up shit on the internet and just spewing nonsense and hate 24/7 as much as they wanted and and they couldn't do that anymore and they were begging Elon Musk or somebody they were begging for any billionaire to come and save them from this But I, but I think
0: that but I think that also Twitter has come to symbolize something like it is anathema to a lot of conservatives because it is the place when we talk about say social mo- media and It is both kind of the worst thing on the Internet and also the best thing that the Internet has created because in many ways, and I would say Twitter is kind of the centerpiece of this, for digital organizing on the left, it has been amazing. I mean, we... That's how you and I know each other.
1: That's how we know each other. (laughs) It
0: it is literally the place where Me Too got its legs. It is why Ahmad Arbery's Killers were even pursued by the police who had already let them go. It is how a lot of activism happened in 2020. I mean, forget that just also it's how the word got out about these police killings and was really critical to galvanizing a lot of those protesters. It's the reason why a lot of folks took to the street in the middle of the pandemic. But it's also the place where people were capturing so many pictures of the way the police were behaving toward protesters that demonstrated exactly the reason why they were out there. I mean, it has been a hotbed. It has gotten people's neo-Nazis books canceled. It has, done, it has been a hotbed of left-wing activism for a very long time. And it has. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's a huge part of when we see this kind of backlash and these actors who pretend like they're lapsed leftists be, because they've been pushed out of the left i mean a lot of the things that they cite are things from twitter which is really a place that allowed people whose voices were otherwise i think kind of steamrolled it elevated those voices right it mm-hmm. gave visibility well, it, to. It, it there's a lot of, of women of color and again yeah i'm going to say specifically black feminists it called out people like sean king i mean it's it has been a real a, a really important centerpiece for all of that stuff and i think that yeah. there was there has been for years now a lot of resentment toward it as this kind of place that despite the fact that there weren't a lot of people there and it does have the least number of users those people were in huge in terms of the way that they moved the culture i mean look at the way that like the impact that something like black twitter has had or to a lesser degree but also, hilariously, weird Twitter. I mean, it, it has had an outsized impact mm-hmm. on culture, including, I think, a, a lot of the sort of progressive standards that are out there. And conservatives yeah. fucking hate that yeah. and have for a long time and are pissed yeah. and think that it is a big part of, you know, the progressive fucking. It has take to open. be
1: destroyed.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Well. And it is, and it's notable that you've, in the past few years, that you keep having, they're not trying to make clones of TikTok or Facebook, they keep trying to make clones of Twitter. So you've got, whether it's Donald Trump with his Truth Social, you've got Getter, you've got Parler, you've got... What was Gab. the white nationalist Gab, yeah. And and there's and there's another one called Me We, which what the fuck is that? I don't know. I'm not I don't want to find out. <laughs> but anyway, like all these these are all ripped offs of Twitter because they know that there's a an energy and a vibrance there that is great for organizing. And 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 I'll tell you this also, Callie, like originally Republicans used to think that they dominated Twitter, actually. Like they used to use the phrase something like "and we won Twitter for the day" or something like that. They used to use that as a phrase, and and I was like, "What if you just think that because you only follow Republicans?" and 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 then so I started digging into the polling research, and it showed me that the Twitter demographic was overwhelmingly on the left, and especially when you look, compare it to outside of the country, outside of this country, the world is much more further to the left. The of on the internet and so it just made them continually feel bad that no one liked them and no one agreed with them and so that's why they hate it and and i will say to underline what you just said about letting people actually have a voice who had not really been allowed to have one in a lot of mainstream mm-hmm. media and that was true like in in like i would say that in a lot of black civil rights activism black women historically speaking were not really heard from much it was overwhelmingly male dominated for a long time uh, at least at the highest level right and there and were then, lots and, of
0: black women involved in say like the panthers or i mean they were absolutely there they were i mean obviously they like just weren't allowed to be not that they weren't the
1: it's it's the that leader, they,
0: weren't, though, they weren't that yeah i mean angela davis quit the panthers out of frustration for
1: yeah
0: that very fact for the sexism that she kept encountering
1: yeah and and then but also at the same time like twitter has also been really ex- really exceptional place for lgbt cube people yeah. and it was i mean it was basically how the trans movement came out of the closet in a lot of ways and so you can't have that and that is i mean so and, and musk has a particular animus toward trans but, people toward yeah. trans people, given his his daughter right. and and then of course you add on his South African blood and, and diamonds
0: don't, <laughs> apartheid background
1: yeah yeah and like and initially he may not have had those views because I mean I've seen people say that he left South Africa because he didn't want to go into the army which all white people were conscripted after a certain age and he didn't want to support that. But I think in any case, he's been around enough more South Africans like David Sachs and Peter Thiel, both who are extremely far right uh, Republican, post libertarian fascist, basically, I would say. So, whatever left or inclinations he may or may not have had in the beginning, I think they have pretty much been expunged in his personality entirely at this point. Yeah. And, and like, and the th- the other thing about him and what he did with Twitter though is that, I people on the left we have to realize that we're actually seeing a capital strike right now, in 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 our economy. And like you see that with Saudi Arabia, they hate Joe Biden and they love Donald Trump. They literally bribed Jared Kushner two billion dollars while he was in the White House. So fuck all that Hunter Biden shit. I don't want to hear. A, a a piece of that until you go and investigate Jared Kushner, but yeah, like they love Donald Trump, and they are trying to stop oil production to harm Joe Biden. Like I think that is obvious, but we never talk about that in this country. Why the fuck do we not talk about this stuff? And like all this inflation stuff and raising prices. Like if they were supportive of. Of Joe Biden, do you think that these billionaires would be doing stuff like this? I don't I don't think they would. I don't think they would.
0: <laughs> no, i don't I don't think they would either. But yeah, it's just it's the dark, sort of sinister motivations behind destroying what is arguably the most culturally influential. Digital town square in our modern life, and then blaming the Jews on its mm-hmm. way down. I mean, really, <laughs> seriously, yeah. that's some super dark shit.
1: It is, yeah. Well, it, and actually, on my theory of change podcast, I'm recording a series right now about right wing oligarchs and their very strange and disturbing ideas. So You have done a nice promo for me there. Thank you, (laughs) Kelly.
0: I do what I can. I do what I can. I think that one of the things that Elon Musk did immediately was beg, not only let Donald Trump back on, but kind of beg him to come back, right? Which was... Yeah, well, he
1: literally, he posted that meme. You remember that? He posted that, this meme of a... Of a woman in a Catholic school girl clothing with her butt to the camera. It was a cartoon and a Twitter logo on her vaginal area. And then Donald Trump was this man who was trying to resist her. Do you remember that? Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. Vaguely. I think that the brain purges what it needs to purge. <laughs> but I, I, I bring that up because it seems like there are lots of people who we maybe didn't know were such avid fans of Trump before. And yesterday, a video began circulating of the rapper Sexy Red talking about how much she loves Trump and initially she starts off, I mean, it's awful from start to finish. It's like, oh, great. Like, I just, I love when there's yet another person who they've just killed it for me, but it's like, wow, I couldn't even, I never loved your music, but I at least enjoyed your sort of general personage. Like, mm-hmm. now you've stolen that from me. She starts We're glad kind of that things. she
1: was out there.
0: Uh-huh. I was glad she was out there, yeah. So Sexy Sorry, Red here. is on yeah. Theo Vaughn's, the, the clip is taken from, taken from Sexy Red's Appearance on Theo Vaughn's radio this show.
1: this
0: weekend, yeah, yeah, and it was just super disheartening.
1: Do you think more people are going to support Trump now in the hood or him. no?
0: Yeah, they support him in the hood. Cause at first, I don't think
1: uh, people was. With him, like they thought he was racist, saying little shit and you know, against women. But once he started getting black people out of jail and giving people their free money, oh baby, we love Trump, we need him back in office. Yeah, that a little bit of free money goes a long way, we need him back because baby, them checks. (laughs) Oh, yes, them stimulus checks, Trump. We miss you. That's like, whoa, Vicky, she's always talking about Trump. You see her ever? I like Trump. No, I ain't never seen whoa, Vicky. She's funny. She's I love Trump, so though. He's funny to me. Like, I used to watch his interviews, not interviews, like, him talking to people. He used to be calling people fat. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he, bold. wow. He funny. Like, We're we need to- people like him.
0: It sucks. To hear her say that Donald Trump is funny and go on about him like he's kind of this like innocuous jokester, right? Like those jokes aren't mm. like weaponized against every sort of vulnerable person in the country. But then at the end, she says she wants him back in office.
1: I miss him because of the stimulus checks. And she said it as a plural when like, no, there was one check and he and, didn't want to do it. <laughs>
0: and then she talks about on behalf, she says in the hood, we love him. Which I think, I mean, aside from the fact that on its face, it's an incredibly disappointing statement from her to me, it's also, I hate the fact that there are so many white Republicans who absolutely would bathe in that. I mean, they, that's the idea that they've been putting out, is that black people living in the hood love Trump and they, they see themselves in him and she's pushing that idea. And I'm sorry, black people generally are not supportive of Trump. I don't give a fuck how much they push that line. I don't care if there's mm-hmm. been a slight uptick in the number of black folks who support him. It is not mm-hmm. generally representative. I don't care what aspects of the black community you're speaking to, and it's a many-faceted community. It's obviously not a monolith, but what I can tell you is, in the interest of self-preservation, most people don't support Trump. But to get back to Sexy Red, because I, dig- I digress, I, it just, it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a Well you were bummer. gonna
1: write and you were telling me oh, you were gonna yeah. write an article about so her Kelly
0: she dashed I actually your hopes. <laughs> was was super excited about this piece that I wanted to do because i thought that she was she wears her glasses she's like this kind of badass rapper figure who is super upfront and centers her like sexuality and maybe she does it in these raunchy ways but it's like I love that she just she's not she's just out there being herself and wearing her she glasses. Doesn't care and, that she
1: spells the word sexy wrong. <laughs> and
0: she, uh, she, well, and then at, just as I'd been thinking about this piece because I've been thinking about it a lot, like I wish that there had been a someone who kind of fit that mold. Aside from say just white indie rock guys who wore glasses, proudly wore glasses was kind of this like had this huge moment of cultural cool because whatever you think of her music and I'm not the biggest fan of her music she's just like everywhere right now right like like that that there'd been someone like that when I was in 3rd grade and 8 years old and a very consistent honor roll student who then got
1: right is that wait is that when you got your glasses Kelly when you were yes. 8
0: who then discovered the same year that the reason why she was could never see the board was because She was extremely myopic and needed these glasses. And like, I got these glasses that I'm telling you were super thick. Like there was, it was not great. Like beating the charges of being a nerd were not in the cards for me at all. And I feel like if there had been someone in popular culture that was this, that had this big of an imprint, like it would have lent a certain coolness to it. And then as I was thinking about that article, I saw a, like a super short video snippet from her where she was talking about, how people ask her why she doesn't wear her contact lenses and she, you know, she should get rid of the glasses and how she, you know, she said, I'm super blind and I like my glasses. Like, I want to wear my glasses. And I just love that she was kind of like, you know, representing for girls Mm -hmm. with glasses. I just, I thought, wow, isn't that great for little girls who wear glasses and maybe feel a little nerdy that there's someone who they can see who represents the antithesis of that and kind of makes them feel like they can be whoever they can be. I mean, she said he's funny. He's funny. This is a guy who is at the center of a cult of personality and it speaks to why so many people vote for him. That has absolutely nothing to do with any political stance that he takes. And that's a really sad fucking thing. Yeah. Well, and
1: and, and I'll say, like, I mean, Lisa and I and and our guest on Doomscroll, we have talked about that Trump is funny in a certain way. Um, like it's true. Like he has good stage presence. He understands comedic timing and he's cruel and awful and a rapist and a traitor but he still has some skills that make him appealing to people on a certain level. And that's just unfortunate but that's the reality of it.
0: Yeah, I mean he's funny in the way that it's fu- that you 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 catch yourself laughing when you see a uh, a woman slip on the stairwell in the subway and fall down the entire flight. I mean, yeah, yeah well, he's I funny guess.
1: like Nelson Muntz on the Simpsons. Like high school bully. Yeah. School but bully. And Michael
0: Ian Black said he was like uh, Donald Trump might be funny but he's never told a joke in his life and I feel like that's true. He just the the the, the humor is implied by the listener. He's just saying cruel things all the time and letting us see his aid rampage. And it's in a weirdly mm-hmm. unnerving way for decent people. You might get a chuckle out of that at certain moments. For the, for the people that love him, I mean, they're just as awful as he is. But Donald Trump isn't, funny because he's intentionally funny. He, he's funny because we projected on him. And-
1: yeah. And cruelty can be funny. And I mean, there's no, no question that Donald Trump is an exceptionally cruel person. And, you know, it's I mean, it's it's a humor that appeals to our worst nature. And that's just something people have to be aware of. And if you're opposing Trump, you got to keep that in mind.
0: And, and I, honestly, I think there's a lack of critical thinking in the world at large, but I also sure. think that people are not particularly incisive thinkers overall. You know, I just think it would be great if someone took her by the hand and sat her down and had a conversation. But you know, yeah. it's probably too much to ask and I should move forward with my life.
1: I, I feel like you hear that happening once in a while of somebody retracting stuff like gently.
0: that. Gently. <laughs> someone, uh. someone, And also someone gently sort of behind the scenes bringing them to the
1: light yeah so i'm we'll see what happens but hopefully hopefully she doesn't pick up the slack for diamond and silk i don't who no one needs that
0: shit (laughs) or join forces with kanye oh god oh god well i think we just about covered it although there were a million stories this week we could never cover it all but yeah we've
1: done what we could
0: Our work is never done, so I will see you next week where we'll pick it up again.
1: Yes, indeedy. All right. See ya.
0: All right. All right. Take care. Bye.
1: Okay, bye.